Well, hello, it's season five, and we are super excited that you are here as we dig into one of my favorite subjects. This season, we will be chatting with some amazingly smart and influential people in and around the arts and entertainment industry about something I like to call the inner critic. Who is this mean voice that constantly tries to stop us? And how do we confront it and kick it out of our way? From therapists to deliverance ministers to fashion icons and entrepreneurial geniuses, we are going to talk about that inner voice that wants to stop our creative passions and hinder our ability to shift culture. Head on over to my website, lindsaymorgan.co, and use the promo code LOVE for 50% off the Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass. And now, let's get to that conversation with this week's incredible guests about their journey with The Inner Critic. (laughs) Hi, guys. How are you? (laughs) Late night with Linz and Wally. (laughs) This is my friend Wally. I know. We are like in the same room. This is so powerful and exciting. Much better than co-zooming together. (laughs) Exactly. So y'all are about to get a treat. This guy has got amazing stories. He's brilliant, brilliant human. We just sat and talked about the Bible for hours. Actually, it was amazing. And I want him to tell you a little bit more about what he's done, but he's a film producer. He's done lots of cool things, but he has a really cool story of how he met Jesus, which is one of the stories I'm going to have him share with us. But tell us a little bit about like what you've been doing just like career wise, because you have an interesting, interesting career. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm restarting the career a little bit. It's been it's been a few years of, I would say at least three years of uh, not doing anything work-related yeah. um, and having a pretty good excuse, you know, trying to, you know, walking with Jesus and getting <laughs> closer to God and <laughs> focusing on church and it's just all legitimate and true, Yeah. but also a good excuse to maybe avoid doing something that is very challenging and difficult and, um, you know what I should be doing also, you know, but kind of avoiding that sometimes. So that's, that's been my own, <laughs> my own personal um, journey that, that I've come to realize that, okay, I, I think I was uh, like, like avoiding things that I could potentially fail at hmm. um, by, you know, hanging my hat on a lot of the things I've already done. Hmm. And, and that's kind of, you know, it's kind of easy to do in this town a little yeah. bit. And, yeah whether your music or for me, like film and TV, just having a few things that you can name and people can look up and like, oh, can I watch that? Is it on Netflix? Is it on right. Showtime? And you're like, yeah, yeah, it is. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, so I've accomplished things. I'm good. I can go back to doing something else. But, <laughs> but yeah, so in terms of career, I, I have uh, a, uh, I just got back from Morocco and mm-hmm. London, uh, spent um, over two months there and God, that was amazing. It was really oh. nice. God is so good with um, the things he lets us do and like the adventures we get to go on. Um, uh, and and I have another film that has been in post-production since I became a Christian actually. Oh, wow. so just like- <laughs> Like seven or eight. Uh, well, like, yeah, like 20, 20, uh, 2016 is when I started filming. So, I mean, it's been a while. It's yeah, been a long time. yeah. Um, but luckily it's one of those really good movies, like good stories that it's, it's like, it's like interesting, no matter what, you know, when you talk about it or who you talk to about it. So, um, 
but yeah, so that's going now. And so this year has been, it's been nice. It's, it's a good, strong time to, to get back into the work thing and, yeah. and, and really the first time as a Christian. Yeah. And this trip overseas was the first time traveling to a Muslim country as a Christian. Wow. And that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, a little intense. It was, it was a little intimidating at times. Um, oftentimes because I'm overthinking things mm. and, and you realize that people are not so like worried about you and who and what you're doing. Yeah. They're more worried about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I definitely, you know, stood out. Uh, and, and I wanted to, but, you know, for certain things and, and then other times I didn't want to, but, but anyway, <laughs> so, so the career thing is, you know, a little bit about it was just, you know, uh, mainly film. I produced about a dozen uh, feature films. Wow. It's like starting, I got a nice early start. I was only 21 when I started my first film. And, nice. And I got very blessed and lucky to, to actually have won Sundance, the, the film festival wow. with, with the feature. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a big deal when you're an independent filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Tell us like a little bit more about what that is. I mean, just for people yeah. that don't really know. And I have to remind you, you yeah. guys, Wally told me I need to get a microphone. It's not the first person. Um, so just like project your voice if you don't. Um, yes. <laughs> so the people yeah. can hear you. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I know, I know you guys can hear us and everything, but um, we, we, We'll, we'll have microphones next time. <laughs> so that way you can, you know, lay down and go to bed and listen to us or driving. It'll be a little easier. It's um, true. But yeah, so so the film stuff has, has been great. And, uh, you know, when you start off with something exciting, you know, uh, you know, like a little movie, but it was a movie called September Tapes. Okay. And and it was, you know, it was one of those films that uh, I went to a ton of festivals, but but we actually started getting a lot of buzz and a lot of attention um from all these like media outlets but also like uh, like legitimate sources because it was a fake documentary it was a scripted feature okay that looked like a documentary mm. that was shot in afghanistan oh wow uh like six months after 9-11 oh wow so it was it was something that nobody would think that it's not scripted because you're like oh Here's this camera they're live they're on the ground so it looked like a like a documentary about trying to find out where bin laden was mm. from the perspective of like an american journalist and mm. and his his canadian translator this guy oh <laughs> um, but but so it was actually kind of neat uh, you know a lot of people uh they compared us to the blair witch project so oh, okay. they called it like like the blair witch in afghanistan oh, wow. you know hunting for osama instead of the witch mm. but it, like you learn a lot about filmmaking by just making a movie. Yeah. And since this was our, this was my first one, it was also um, the format, the style of the movie was one that I could experiment with, you mm. know, with, with my director. And so we, it was so neat. Like we basically told the story that we wanted to, mm. we went to Afghanistan, we actually went there, but we only filmed a portion of the movie there. Mm. And then the rest of it was like, in India and Tijuana wow. and like the hills of Las Vegas, okay. <laughs> um, but completely convincing the public that it was all real and right. to the point where, <laughs> I mean, like I was on CNN telling people that, yeah, we were with the bounty hunter. We were so close to bin Laden and they're believing everything we're saying. And <laughs> like we had screenings in DC with like congressmen and all these different people who mm. like legitimately believed that we were doing this. And so 
we felt bad a little bit, but we also were, were like, wow, we can control our own media. We can yeah. really, you know, create our own narrative, you know? So yeah. that was really powerful to do. And um, so just learning from that and realizing, okay, there's no like blueprint on how to make a movie. Like you mm. just have to make something interesting and mm. that people want to watch. And um, so, you know, I got a you know good agency, got ripped by ICM, uh, mm. you know, as a producer and, and you know, went on to make more films. And the other big break came when, when I created uh, a TV series. Okay. And a lot of times, you know, like, I mean, I bet this podcast was like this, but you have an idea for something or mm. like, you're like, Hey, I have this vision and I have this creative idea. And you know how it is. We all think that our ideas are so good. <laughs> we're so smart. Um, and it ends up being something completely different. You know? mm. So I, I wanted to make, I wanted to tell the story of Michael Vick, the football player okay. who was yeah. in prison um, for fighting dogs. That's right. Was, I remember that. It was really, really insane story. You know, the, highest paid NFL football player in history was also fighting dogs every week right and you know and rightfully went to prison and had to lose all the stuff that he had but the idea of him coming out and being like well what's going to happen to him now is is society going to throw him away is he going to be like just another like well you know what could have been or is it going to be like a really powerful like redemption story and so I played quarterback in football my whole life mm. so he was someone that I really looked up to as a football player sure and you know you reach a point you you feel like you know as as a filmmaker or you know being in the business I felt like well maybe I can actually influence his story somehow in a good way yeah maybe I can actually have a little bit of uh like power to steer him in the right direction and so I took that chance and I actually met him in the prison wow you know, like which was so so interesting like yeah that's right one thing I love about our business when we get to mm -hmm. do things that just you shouldn't be doing it. like mm. we should not be allowed to be do, you know, doing certain things but we get to experience it but I didn't even know him but but somehow you know I have a little knack for getting in, into places I shouldn't be but I end up going to Leavenworth to meet you know Michael Vick in prison for the first time and wow. talking to him and he, he you know he trusted me and I gained his trust and we made this really great series it was a 10-part series we won some awards and became the number one show in in BET history at the time really yeah, yeah wow. it's called the Michael Vick project wow. which also it's now as a Christian mm -hmm. like this is all before I was a Christian right but as a Christian now it's fascinating because you get reactions mm. like people hear the name Michael Vick before you finish saying Vick they're like oh god I can't stand that guy I hope he burns in hell you know <laughs> you're just like well like I get it like I I, I, I totally fully understand it's right the the immediate sort of emotional response to the idea of someone who's hurting dogs sure you know and but together with that it's like as a christian you go and see like where's where do we draw the line on forgiveness or right. where do we draw the line on like second chances and, and that kind of thing but luckily i i feel like his story you know through the show was a perfect example of like what a second chance does mm. i mean it's like the happiest ending ever he he still works with the humane society now and, oh, wow. you know it's been 10 years since he got out of jail but he went back in the nfl had the best year of his career made another you know <laughs> bazillion dollars bazillion dollars <laughs> but also like spent time and helped pass laws like in pennsylvania mm. that would help dogs that are trapped in cars you know um and you know has donated it to animal charities and has continued to speak to kids about dog fighting in like the ghettos and the hoods wow. so it was kind of like 
throw them away or use them for that kind of thing. You know, sure, to help, redemption. To help, yeah. So that was that was an interesting story that to this day, like people still kind of get a little reaction. You know? <laughs> it's 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 killed a couple of dates in the past. You know, <laughs> like, like yeah, check please. Yeah. <laughs> they did not like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's the career thing, and and so the the transition from there to becoming Christian was, was sort of a fun story guys wait till you hear that. <laughs> yeah and, and I'm just gonna dab a little bit here during the <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay apparently likes to keep it like a little toasty she's got a little kind of book of Daniel thing going on in here <laughs> trying to get a little fire in here um it's test the our, Holy Spirit test our faith yeah the Holy Spirit's like open a window <laughs> <It's> like fans <laughs> on <laughs> yeah the fan's so slow I can like see I, I can follow the the blade <laughs> sorry guys you know, we've been in here talking for a while before we jumped on we had to like get yeah. it all sorted yeah and look I'll say it before anyone else thinks it but yes I am wearing a fur collar <laughs> and complaining about the heat but that's what you do that's part that's the price you pay to have a little bit of style you know? exactly like, um it's amazing yes i'm so excited to hear this <laughs> next story so just so you guys just a little preference i i heard this story well i've heard it twice and the first time i heard it i was randomly sitting in a hot tub at my friend's house and, and my friend was like you've got to hear this guy's story you've got to hear this guy's story i'm like okay and you come over and you like share the story then i the second time i heard what, it what hot tub were I told you we were Sarah, Sarah and David. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, just for context. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was a Christian party. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, just, you know, I was like, wait a minute. Even I felt uncomfortable when I did. Sorry. <laughs> you said you <laughs> like kidding. to make people feel uncomfortable. And now I've accidentally made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I meant about like biblical passages. But, yeah. <laughs> it's all fair. It's yeah, all fair. Totally, totally. The second time I heard a story was at our friend's yeah like Stephen's place yeah yeah okay Stephen's yeah. place and um it's such a good story y'all I was like Aww. I've got to get Wally on the podcast like this is such a fun story Aww, very yeah. Hollywood plus Jesus type of story which is like yeah I mean some of my faves it's it like I I love telling the story um because it's it's kind of it's almost like the kind of story that that uh, you know, with some of the stories that I have shared throughout my life, like the Michael Vick thing or going to Afghanistan, like it, I have a lot of neat stories that I've been blessed to be able to tell. Yeah. But I feel like um, God is like the greatest storyteller. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like um, God caters to our personalities yeah. to sort of capture our attention. You know, I mean, I think it's a blessing. I think that's, that's part of his grace is to like use things that we gravitate towards. Yeah. And I was in the midst of this, um, I almost call it like a social experiment, but it really it was, it, it, it became like a therapy where I would walk through Los Angeles, through a whole city um, at a, a minimum of 10 miles a day on foot and I'd carry my football with me. Hmm. So, you know, like I said, I played quarterback. So I had this little habit of carrying this football and walking in it. And I would really not even have like a path or a, a, a destination, but it was, it really became like an art. Mm. There's a book called The Art of Wandering and, and mm. it really, there is an art to it. And so I would walk and I would just get lost. But in the midst of walking, people would ask me to throw them a football mm. or ask me why you have a football. And, and, you know, my personality, I enjoy that because I can engage, I can 
I can play catch and keep it like kind of playful and mm -hmm. childlike and have some fun, or I can like kind of get deep and really sort of like, you know, open up to the person and vice versa. So it was a way to connect with people and feel that I was like being active, but also without any pressure or any like, you know, sort of, uh, you know, quotas to hit, like I just sure. would go walk and it was really healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm talking all over, like I would, like sometimes I'd start in Hollywood and I'd end up like at USC, you know? <laughs> And it's neat because when you walk through LA, like this is just a side note, yeah. like walk more, walk, <laughs> especially in Los Angeles, people don't walk and we go a lot of places. We go, oh, I love this place in Silver Lake and you'll drive right. to the valet park and then you'll drive back to your house or you love going to Runyon Canyon. People will drive to Runyon Canyon and walk there, you know, the beach, but it's like in between your, where you are in Runyon Canyon, what's that, you know, mm -hmm. what's that? Is it rough? Is it ugly? Is it nice? Is it whatever. So you don't really learn Mm. a lot about your city until you kind of hit the pavement which is why i think new yorkers feel so connected to their city mm. like, a lot of times they're very proud when, when yeah. new york relax and then they realize because they're walking everywhere yeah and, and when you walk you you know you see the poor people you see the workers you see mm. the store owners you know um so in los angeles i got to start experiencing that and i really liked it mm. and i would have these incredible moments mm. you know i, I play catch with homeless person to like you know the local congressman <laughs> uh uh you know larry king you know uh you know asked for the ball one time in beverly hills <laughs> like i mean just all kinds of people people i've become friends with yeah people who have later died and i've been to their funerals i mean oh. really neat stuff and so one night i'm walking um and it's like after midnight hmm. i would walk at all hours and like i said i wouldn't discriminate sometimes bad neighborhoods good neighborhoods right. this time i was walking through hollywood it was after midnight and I'm walking past this gas station on Sunset and Fairfax there. Mm. And it's just one car, no one else around. And I just hear this, hey, why do you got a football? Mm. And I look and it's, it's, it's Justin Bieber. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, there he is. <laughs> so I just throw him the ball. Yeah. And we start playing catch. And, and I, you know, in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, this is cool. Like, yeah. It's gonna be another good story. <laughs> exactly, you know? it's all about the story. It's, it's kind of a fun story, you know. It's like totally. a fun moment, and, yeah. and I feel blessed to have these. And, and I yeah. just was like, this is like a little entourage moment. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and the football itself is a story in itself. Like you mm. know, it was one of the balls that Michael Vick used in a game, so I can like nice. bring that up. You know, yeah. so it could be you know I can kind of steer the direction, you know, sure. the direction of the conversation. And so with with the Beebs, yeah <laughs> the Beebs. i've always been a fan of his and i'm like you know i'm that guy like in the group of guys i'm always like defending him or like, <laughs> being like you know you don't know you don't know what he's like we all did stupid things when we were kids you know right, like always right. defending him um which is true yeah yeah and and so i i kind of felt like this was my reward for for, for defending the Beebs all these yeah. years um and yeah we had a neat conversation and and like in all honesty, that morning I had actually talked about him with an agent friend of mine who, mm. whose whose daughter uh, was in Tennessee and she had leukemia and mm. and he had told me that 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 Bieber had sent her a video and he didn't even know how they got a how how Bieber got a hold of her, mm. but her name was Shayla and I told Bieber I was like hey I just I remember you sent a video to this girl um, out in Tennessee and he actually remembered her name and it was like from three years earlier wow. and so I was just wow. impressed I was kind of like yeah. man this dude he's, he's legit yeah, yeah. Like, he's a real deal and uh you know you're talking who we know in common you know I'm trying to be on his level you know being like <laughs> right. we're on the same page here you know <laughs> and in the middle of playing catch he 
asked me very casual he says hey uh, wally uh, do you know jesus <laughs> well that's how i feel now but at that time i was kind of sure. like you're ruining this moment we're talking about <laughs> like what <laughs> i mean it caught me off guard right? yeah and wait can i pause and yeah, ask a question sure. so like obviously this wasn't the first time that somebody asked you about jesus or was it no i mean i've I, like you know i've had people come knock on the door jehovah's witnesses sure, sure. like i mean i've always been around you know what we call bible thumpers right. <laughs> you know some of my best friends in high school were christians and their okay. fathers were pastors you know my one of my favorite coaches of all time was a pastor you know? okay um so you know around it but also never um like threatened by it because because i'll tell you what okay yeah. so I guess I'll, I'll go back a little bit. So we'll pause in the Bieber. Okay. Bieber asked Wally, you know, Jesus. What? <laughs> pause. To be continued. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> yes. um, so now to go back a little bit, I grew up in, in Santa Cruz, really. Mm. Like, I mean, I was born in Afghanistan, but mm. my family came to America when I was three. Lived in New York for a little bit, but grew up in Santa Cruz since I was like six or seven. So that's like my hometown, right? So, so grew up as a Muslim, part of a Muslim family. Mm -hmm. um, and at when I was like 16, I decided I wanted to be Muslim because I chose to, not just because my family identified as Muslim. And, and it was kind of awesome because I felt like I had decided for myself and I was very good at it and I was devout and I would pray every day and, you know, all the, all the boxes, you know, like right. no sexual marriage, no alcohol, still haven't drank to this day, you know. Right. Um, but clearly and proudly identified as Muslim, even being in the business and coming into the film. And I was kind of known as the Muslim guy, you know? Mm. Um, and so if Jesus ever came up, it would be like a very, very quick automated response okay. of like, yes, I do know Jesus and I respect Jesus. And he was a very, you know, uh, like, like amazing. He was an amazing prophet of God. Mm -hmm. And so I told Bieber, I said, uh, I do know Jesus, but I know him a little different maybe than you because I'm a Muslim. Right. Right. And so at that point, this is where pretty much guarantees that people will stop asking you. And uh, look, let's face it, especially, yeah. especially white people, <laughs> nobody wants to seem racist or, you know, sort of like insensitive to what I just, I just said, I'm a Muslim. Yeah. So most people I think would be like, oh, hey. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Right. My orthodontist is Muslim. <laughs> great guy you know like, you know like they would just quickly be like how awesome that is and, yeah you know um but the beebs didn't do that <laughs> he had a little different response his response was oh uh do you want to know jesus better mm. and I, I mean okay so that's what kind of caught my attention mm. because i i didn't know what he meant and and you know i, I mean i've always been so confident in my faith and so i, I was like okay well I don't know what that means. And he said, do you want to go to my Bible study with me? It's on Wednesday in Glendale, 730, like very specific. And, right. And, uh, okay. So immediately I'm like, anything you ask me, I'll say yes. Like, <laughs> it's just in the <laughs> I will be your best friend. Like this is meant to be like, yeah. Um, I mean, I was thinking, wow, we just went from playing catch to like now I'm being invited to places with him. And that right. was exciting. But at the same time, I was like, wait, I've, I've never like doubted my faith. And if I say yes, I'm only saying yes to just hang out with him. I'm right. kind of pretending that I care about <laughs> your Bible study. Right. And so I remember I was, it was like the first time I truly felt a little challenged. Mm. 
And, and so I just was honest. I said, I don't, I don't know if you're kidding or if you're serious. He said, no, I'm serious. And he has Wednesday, like, here's my info. And, and I said, can, can I think about it? Can I get back to you? And can we take a picture? Because <laughs> important things. nobody's going to believe me. Yeah. <laughs> um, this thing's going to get me on podcast someday. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, he agreed and, and we took a photo and, and, and I left mm. and I went on my way. And um, it was at that moment, like, okay, when Christians say God puts something on my heart, you know, God mm-hmm. put it on my heart, like we didn't, we didn't have that saying that even concept, like as a Muslim, you right. Know, you know, talk about God in that way. Okay. But that's when I realized what that meant. Okay. Because God did put it on my heart Aww. to the point where I, I'm, I'm now excited, but also uh, struggling with, okay, like you should just go, you should just go with Bieber. But, but you, but you know, but I'm faking that. So now I'm having this like dilemma in my head right. and, and, you know, if you really want to do something, like, <laughs> even if you don't think you should, like, you'll find excuses. So I'm sure. thinking like, maybe I'm supposed to make him a Muslim. <laughs> maybe that's the fate here. Right. God right, right. put me here. Right. 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 <laughs> he wants me to be his best friend and convert him, you know? <laughs> um, and, and then I'm thinking like, well, I'm not afraid of the Bible. Like I shouldn't be afraid. Like maybe I should you know, why would I even hesitate, you know, so now I'm just, like, really, like, debating, right, and I remember, uh, I had a friend of mine, Chris Wolf, um, who I met through the LA men's group, yeah, so at this time, I had actually started going to this LA men's group, oh, you had, I had, I'd gone, I'd gone actually just one time, I think, okay, so you know how it starts feeling like, okay, is this supposed to be happening, yeah, so I'd gone to LA men's group, which is a Christian-based group, sure, as a Muslim, because they welcome, you know, anybody, of course, it's just more about men in LA sort of, you know, lifting each other up, having a, you know, community, you know, motivational talks, um, like nothing that would like offend a Muslim, you know? Sure. Um, and so the leader of that group, he says to me, oh, wow, you met Justin Bieber, you know, like his Bible tutor is actually part of our group. And I think you met him when you were here. And I was like, oh, interesting. So it's, it's like a real invite, a real guy. And so finally, I, I concluded, I said, okay, just now I got to prove to myself I'm not afraid of this Bible thing. Okay? Right. So I'm going to go, but not the Beavers thing. Okay. I'm going to go somewhere else. So mm. where do I go? So it's like, um, I like Ronald Reagan. Okay. <laughs> sort of random, but it's true. It's all right. In fact, every Afghan, uh-huh. this is like a good little bet. Like you ever okay. meet to someone from Afghanistan? Uh-huh. Just be like, hey, I bet I know who your favorite president is. <laughs> You're guaranteed Ronald Reagan. <laughs> nice. Okay. okay. <laughs> just a side note. Everybody remember. Yeah. It's like, you'll be like the head of the party. Just be like, hey, I guarantee I know, you know, Hamid's favorite president. <laughs> and it's Ronald Reagan because Ronald Reagan helped the Afghans beat the Russians. Oh. It was a secret war, you know? So nice. it was very helpful at the time. Right. Um, anyway, so Ronald Reagan had gone to a church called Bel Air Church, oh, Bel Air Presbyterian. I didn't know that. And when I had gone to that LA men's group, the first like guest speaker I don't, I'd heard was this new, young, like really smart, uh, you know, senior pastor of mm-hmm. Bel Air mm-hmm. uh, by the name of Drew Sands, yeah. who, who I really liked. Like I really liked the way he spoke, and I, I, I saw him. You know, he was like a Tom Cruise meets Joel Osteen sort of like <laughs> personality. <laughs> like it was, I mean, in a good way. Like, yeah, of course. Their best qualities. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but but so I remember thinking, okay, you know what? I'll go to I'll go to Ronnie Reagan's church. <laughs> I'll, 
I'll leave Bieber alone. Like, I don't want to, you know, because I'll be influenced there. Right. And plus, I don't want to be like, so what do you think? What do you think? Right. Win? You know, <laughs> right. I, seems, seems pretty like, like a good sales guy for Jesus. Huh? Yeah. I mean, look, the guy had just gotten a tattoo. That's why he was out late. Okay. Um, he was trying to avoid fans. And, right. You know, um, he couldn't avoid me. <laughs> He's the only <laughs> fan there. But, um, you know, it, it was kind of, a, plus of the million things he could have said right right it's like right. when you meet somebody there's a million things you can say you yeah know, you could talk about fashion or, you know sports or whatever he decides to ask me if i know jesus so that was i think like what christians are called to do like yeah. you know yeah. because he was genuinely excited about his faith yeah. that he has you know at the time he had found and was was growing in it. and it was almost like he couldn't help himself like wow. he was he was like almost like bragging about his savior Aww. you know yeah like, dude you gotta meet this guy it's amazing it's really it's really what it was yeah that's why it was genuine that's why the follow-up question you know some people who have heard the story when i say that he pressed in mm -hmm. they're like well that's kind of rude you know and i can see why they think that. sure but when it's coming from the heart and it's genuine mm. i think that's what we're called to do like yeah it's okay to be uncomfortable it's okay to make someone go hey that's not my comfort zone it's like well, which disciple was comfortable when Jesus first approached them, you know, <laughs> right. which, 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 which convert in the early church ever was like, this is easy, you know, right. this is smooth. <laughs> um, That's awesome. So anyhow, so I go to this church and, and I'm still very Muslim. Like, right. like I'm, I'm not like jumping ship or anything. Right. I, I just want to kind of prove something. And so I, I can't just walk in and just sit in the middle row somewhere and just like kind of like be quiet and listen because that would be too normal. I mean, that would be, <laughs> you know, that would be, you know, just too easy. Mm. Um, so instead I have to like dress up and wear goggles and carry a football and like <laughs> walk to the very front, like and just sit down and be like, go ahead, I'm here, you know, like, <laughs> but almost like a little bit of a chip on my shoulder yeah. because I'm I'm kind of like, okay, like in my head, I'm like, I'm doing this when I don't have to. Right. So I felt like I passed this first stage of like, you know, testing this thing out. Mm. So I sit down and long story short, 10 weeks later, mm. I had not missed a sermon. Wow. I kept coming back every Sunday and it was like, I don't know, it was the first time that I felt like drawn to a place and for numerous different reasons. And uh, a lot of which I, I didn't want to face at the time or didn't even want to, want to think about why, because, you know, because you don't know. But now looking back, you realize that's like God, you know, tugging you and, mm. and you know, working in you and um, like really changing your heart and opening your mind and so it felt right to be there. It felt comfortable to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also it sort of peaked enough sort of, there was enough questions that I wanted to have answered and I wasn't sure how I could get it. But I remember one of the pastors, Pastor Kim Dore, she mm -hmm. was, you know, she's so sweet. And she was like sitting next to me and, and she was the first one because, you know, like I said, white people are very polite. They don't want to be <laughs> offensive. So nobody wanted to grill me, but she, I'm glad she did because she, mm -hmm. she's like, by the way, are you Muslim or are you Christian? And I was like, oh. it was the first time that I didn't like blurt out the answer because I was like, I, I don't know. Like, let me get back to you on that, you know? Yes, exactly. And, and it was like the right time to ask because I, I needed to answer that. And if I'm not going to be Muslim anymore, why? And it, and it really came down to this idea of 
and, and this is where my current sort of ministry is and, this, and the talks that I give, it, you know, it wasn't a big jump to accept you know, so much of what the Bible says about God. And, uh, you know, because as a Muslim, and this is really like a really important, I think, lesson, like from my testimony for people, especially Christians, is yeah. just this realization that uh, a Muslim is almost like the closest thing you could find to a Christian. Mm -hmm. Like you're way, you're way closer than you would be with an atheist or even with a Jewish person or with someone else, you know, because there's this like foundation of faith that doesn't conflict. Mm -hmm. the, the God that created the heavens and the earth, uh, the God, you know, that created Adam and Eve and, the, you know, the prophets, Abraham to Noah, um, to Isaiah, you know, jo even Job and Jonah, I mean, all these prophets, they're in the Bible. I mean, they're in the Quran also. Mm, right. And and how God created everything and how he's like sovereign and how he's in control is in the Quran. So so there was no like, whoa, I was so lost and now I'm not, you know, it's like, right. no, okay, I'm on board. Like, okay, right. you guys, that's cool. You guys see God as the same, but this Jesus thing is confusing. <laughs> like, you, go, you know, Pastor Drew is talking about him like they're neighbors or right. something. Like, <laughs> like he goes camping with them. Like, like, why are you talking about him? Like, like you know him. Right. And that was interesting, but also kind of offensive, mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah. to a lot of people that revere God in a, in a, in a way that a Muslim does, it's, mm -hmm. you don't talk about him like in a first name basis like mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, but I saw that it wasn't rude. It was more of like, um, like a confidence in, in, in actually knowing him. So, mm -hmm. so it was this focus on Jesus that, that became the issue. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, is what it always comes down to. Sure. That's really the bottom line. Like when it comes to, I mean, a lot of world religions, a lot of worldviews recognize Jesus and are in agreement. Sure. <laughs> how amazing he was. Right. You know, even, even the new age hippy dippy ones that were like, oh, he was in India meditating. And you're like, fine. Okay, good. Great. <laughs> but what else did he do? You know, it's, right, like, right. it's like, cool. Like, well, you know, after he did that, did he ever go to the cross or, right. but, the, but the point is there's no, like nobody has a problem with Jesus. Mm. Right. That's true. We have problems with religions and different faiths and different, you know, denominations maybe, or different, uh, you know, sects of Islam or whatever it is. But like from, from Martin Luther King to Gandhi, to, to, you know, to Muslims, to Christians, we all in agreement that Jesus was amazing, mm. <laughs> like did these things. So now I'm like, okay, what does, like, what do you say about him? That's a problem for a Muslim. Like right. what's the problem here? And, and so that's when I really started diving deeper into first the Quran mm. and realizing something really amazing, like <laughs> eye-opening, just how, how much the Quran talks about Jesus mm. was mind blowing. Mm at the time i almost like was embarrassed that i didn't know that i said i mean i knew that but i didn't know to that extent uh, the prophet muhammad who's like the founder you know the one who the, the quran was revealed to he's he's mentioned five different times throughout the quran mm. jesus is mentioned 25 times mm, in wow. the same quran yeah you know and the list i mean it started piling up like when you look at the miracles, like Muhammad had a pretty amazing miracle. He was illiterate, but he could suddenly read and write this amazing, you know, the language of the Quran. 
amazing. You look at Abraham, you look at Moses, all the miracles, and then you look at Jesus' miracles in the Quran, and they're like, like head over heels, like way more than all the other prophets. And the Quran gave him two more miracles than he had in the Bible, hmm. including raising the dead and healing the sick and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the Quran has him going to the cross. The Quran has him being born a virgin birth. Hmm. The Quran has him, they describe him as the word of God in the Quran. Hmm. So interesting. Uh, you know, it says that Jesus was the word of God, and then God put his word, Jesus, into the belly of Mary and mm. breathed his spirit into him. It sounds like the Bible, right? Right, totally. No, it's the crumb. So you're like, whoa, he did. Right. And you like some people don't really get into the the real specifics, the detail, the nuances of scripture, but for someone like me who's you know contemplating leaving a faith, leaving a religion, I was like, I better have a good reason, a good justification for this, you know? Yeah. Like, like I'm about to abandon something I devoted my life to. Right. I mean, I've even been to Mecca, you know? I mm. did my pilgrimage and everything. But there was this little tiny detail that was like, okay, Jesus was the word of Allah. Allah just means God, mm. you know? Jesus was his word, and then God put his word in the belly of Mary. So then you go, wait a minute. So before he was conceived, he existed mm. in relationship to Allah, he was his word. Mm. So he existed before he was conceived, meaning mm. he didn't wasn't just born a human, he was like in relationship with him somehow. Mm. That's in the Quran. So I was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> right. And then and then uh he goes to the cross, just like he does in the Bible. And this is this is where the two the books, fork? yeah, the, it is the fork in the road. And right. it's and it's like, and it's not like, no, he never went there. Yes, he did go there. No, he went there in both stories, but the Quran says, um, they did not kill him, nor did they crucify him, but it was made to look like they did. Okay. And it stops there. It basically says, that's it, you know, that he wasn't killed. He wasn't killed on the cross. It was just made to look like he died. Then the fork sort of comes back together again, mm. and it says that Jesus uh, was taken to heaven, mm. um, to the highest level of heaven, which I think you can argue and say the right hand of the Father it's kind of like the highest level, right hand, like the best seat. Right, you know, like, right, right. You know, where's the best seat in the house? The closest to God, right? Yeah. Closest to the Father. So he's at the highest level. And then the Quran says that Jesus will appear in the sky at the end of times. He will come back to this earth and fight a war, mm. a holy war, on behalf of the believers. Mm. So he's literally the savior of humanity. <laughs> crazy. In the Quran. Right. So I'm sitting here going, okay, why did I not ever realize this and like how come he has the highest level of like just like the most important job in terms of the end of time fighting for humanity fighting for all the believers he had this like miraculous one-of-a-kind birth that's like inexplicable um he has more miracles than anybody and according to the Quran he doesn't have to experience death hmm. I'm like what like why like who is this guy like, right why are we talking about muhammad so much when this guy clearly is like god's favorite he's <laughs> he's the number one child he's you know he's he's number one so i'm like he's got some special skills something <laughs> i mean it, it really comes down to that you you have to look at that and if you're a christian mm. there's this like surprise and shock and a comfort in knowing that okay like even though he's 
called a prophet by Muslims, even though he's he's only deemed like a messenger of God. Uh, it's kind of nice to know that his life, what he did, his gifts, you know, um, are all there in the Quran so you don't have to like have this battle to convince him like no Jesus did this and Jesus did that and and so it's so it's all there but it's almost like if you if you focus on it and ask a Muslim why do you think he has these special privileges there's no answer there's really no answer the only answer is yeah God just really favored him for some reason or Hmm. the only other answer is there's more to him than he's just another prophet right there's got to be more to him and so that's where the seed got planted. Mm. And I feel like, I feel like, I mean, Jesus knew that. That's mm. that's why, like, his own disciples were like, wait, so <laughs> can we see the Father still? Or like, you know, like, they, they still didn't get it, even up until the very end. And that's why Jesus says, you know, there are many things that I must say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You know, right. it's kind of like, you're not ready to quite grasp the big picture here. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I even think that the story of John the Baptist is really powerful um who's also you know recognized in the Quran by the way in John the Baptist really? yeah like, wow. but but John the Baptist I mean think about it right I mean he's he's I mean he gets the biggest compliment of all people I think in the whole Bible when Jesus says of all all the people born of women he says which is everybody right, <laughs> right. true <laughs> just, you're like okay just everyone then <laughs> Of all the men who were born of women, hmm. John the Baptist is the greatest, hmm. is what he says. Hmm. And, and he goes on to say, but of all the people in heaven, hmm. you know, he's the lowest. Just, hmm. it's not a diss on him. It's like, like emphasizing how amazing heaven is, right. the heavenly realm and, you know, being there. But of all the people born of women here, John hmm. the Baptist is the greatest, he says, right? Wow. John the Baptist literally baptized Jesus, hmm. right? Right. Yet, after the baptism, after all that, John the Baptist was still not sure. And he sends two of his own disciples. He says, go, go to Jesus and make sure. Mm. <laughs> Ask him who he is exactly. I mean, there's no question there. And it's okay. It's not like, it's nothing to be ashamed of. But it's saying that John the Baptist, who Jesus praised and who Jesus was baptized by, even he was kind of like, ah, I just want to make sure you are <laughs> right. the Messiah. Because, you know, you seem like a regular guy. You know, right. like, so... <laughs> It's, it's hard and I think you know that's obviously understood by God that 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 is he's going to be viewed that way mm. which is why I think it's also interesting that the Bible there's one apparently there's one sin that's unforgivable in the Bible and it's from the from the mouth of Jesus it's in the red you know in, in the red letters yes Jesus specifically says you know you you may curse the son of man you may curse me but if you ever curse the Holy Spirit mm. you won't be forgiven and, and I think even there is like perfect illustration of how he's giving us sort of a little bit of slack and a little bit of grace to say, you may not believe me because I'm walking in the flesh. You may, you may see me in some way because of my humanness and I can forgive that. Mm. But if you curse the Holy Spirit, you're only cursing God. Like mm. there's no question who you're cursing. You're cursing the Lord. Mm. And and so, you know, I think he, he kind of understood that he may be misunderstood. He may not be known for who he is. And so, you know, going through that process, I, I kind of like realized, okay, it's, it's okay to, for it to be a little complex, mm. a little complicated, you know, yeah, he, like he, he knew that. I mean, his own, his own disciples, it took Peter three years to fall <laughs> down. Finally, I was like, three years later, you, you finally figured it out. 
money this whole time. You know, You're so. like, I'm doing great. I'm doing great over here. <laughs> I mean, no, the, I love how Christians are like, we hear about the Pharisees or mm. disciples still didn't get, we're like, they still didn't get it. Right. We're like, come on, if you were there. Yeah, exactly. If you were there, you'd be like, Jesus, for real? You can't get out of that? You know, like, you're like, you know, but yeah, so, so it, it took me about three months from the time I met oh, Bieber, really? from okay. the time I met Justin, uh, till that Christmas Eve, actually, it was that mm -hmm. Christmas Eve, um, I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. and, and I sort of re, uh, you know, redevoted myself to God and saying that, okay, I, I do believe that he is your son, and I do mm -hmm. believe he came in the flesh, and I do believe he went to the cross, and I do believe he actually bled and died. Mm -hmm. And I do believe he resurrected, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's almost like I have to be clear to myself, you know. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be in the gray area. No. Be like, I love Jesus like, <laughs> as a prophet. You know? it's like, <laughs> no, be clear. Right. Um, and and so the 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 full circle in that story. So like three years later. I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I was so wondering. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. If you didn't yeah. You're like, yeah, 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 Jesus, I got it. What no. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, after that night, it was kind of like, you know, off and running and, and doing the thing. And three years later, I run into him again in Beverly Hills. Really? Yeah. I don't know this part of the story. This you is know? my first time hearing this part. Okay. So this is cool. So, um, you know, you know, Los Angeles, you, you, know, you see people. Sure. You know, it's like, you know, celebrities, you'll see them here and there. But it was kind of special seeing him because I'm like, oh, dear, you know, he doesn't know. Like, he has no right? idea. <laughs> so special and so i approached him and i asked him if he remembered me and, mm -hmm. and you know he did the like i think like i think so remind me again and i said gas station football and he's like oh my god yes he, and he was like what happened like <laughs> and and so i just said well the last time we were together you were single getting a tattoo <laughs> now you're married <laughs> so that's what happened in your life <laughs> yeah i was like and i was a muslim and now i'm a christian oh my gosh and, and i mean this really made me happy but he he literally jumped on me and like wrapped, like, <laughs> like i mean it was like silly but also like genuine and like he was so and he was like hey dude to come over here like he like so we, he wanted to go out the side door and he was like dude i want to hear everything like tell me everything Aww. and so it was it was really neat because again there's no cameras there's no sure like it's not a performance it's right. just he was like like genuinely acting like he just found out we're related you know Aww. like oh my god you're my cousin what you know <laughs> um and and so you know he, he even grabbed my phone and like let's start taking some selfies <laughs> we were just like super excited you know yeah. like like genuine happy and and it was just it was just nice and i love sharing that story also because you know how it is we it's like people usually hear about Bieber if he's like he got a he got a speeding ticket yeah of course like you know? right or he was wearing these awful jeans you know? <laughs> right. or like, people think he got a butt lift you right. know? Like, <laughs> uh, he also uh witnessed to me about Jesus exactly when he didn't have to exactly and was genuinely happy for my soul <laughs> like being saved that. um so that was that's like a side of people that I love when they you know and I can share that because they don't usually hear that stuff. And even though he's like, he's made like his music albums about Jesus and about, sure. uh, you know, his faith and all that, but people still don't really pay attention because that's not really like 
like newsworthy. That's exactly you know, so. like yeah, you're not going to yeah. hear these stories in the press or you know. Yeah, like, yeah, he hasn't been hiding his faith, but I just you know I just like those stories that he did that. And like I said, I think God was like, you know what? Well, he ain't paying attention. <laughs> Send Bieber. <laughs> Yeah, he's you know. like Wally needs a good story Seriously. attached to his salvation. He's like, I know he likes Tom Cruise, but Scientology thing is not probably working. not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, that's like so crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, it was cool. Like, you know, again, there's like so many. How are we doing on time? By the way, are we're we, doing great. Are we, are how are you guys right? doing? Are we doing right. great? <laughs> well, well, there's these. Again, these things happen in my life. So I'm at church one day. Yeah. And. So I sort of quickly became like the mascot of Bel Air. Right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't just, like I said, I didn't just, well, hey, I'm checking it out. I'm like, right. okay, I'm here, I'm in. Right. And, and again, what a blessing, like, like what a gift, you know, God gave me this friendship with Pastor Drew. Hmm. You know, I think it's so important for like a lot of Christians, you know, we all have different stories of how we come in, but to have access to someone with, you know, like a PhD, right. you know, in theology and someone who like, is, it's like a human encyclopedia when it comes to scripture, <laughs> right. but is like your age and can mm. relate to you and, and, and you, you know, you admire for different reasons. So it's just like, you know, God gave me this, like this best friend slash mentor slash like pastor that I, I just like almost felt like, okay, I'm like obligated to like get to know God better now. Like he's, you know what I mean? Right. He's kind of hemming you in. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, if, if your next door neighbor is LeBron James, like right. learn how to shoot basketball. <laughs> You know, like, what are you doing? You know, like, right. if you're like, oh, I'm not into basketball, you're like, oh, geez, you know, what a waste, you know, you're right. gonna switch houses with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the thing. So, so I, I, I recognize that and I was very eager and happy to have that access and, and that sort of like, you know, that inspiration, right? So, so anyway, so I'm at church one day and, mm-hmm. and I'm very comfortable there and I oftentimes yeah. get too comfortable and I'll leave my phone everywhere and I'll just be like, it's fine, it's church normally, I'll take it. And of course, my phone goes missing. Right. And it's one of those like, my phone, where's my phone? It's okay, it'll show up and it's just nowhere to be found. Right. And 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 I remember there's two little old ladies. This is relevant now. I mean, it's not relevant now, but it will be later. But these two little old ladies, I was like, hey, have you guys seen a phone? A big giant uh, iPhone has a Santa Cruz sticker on the back, yeah. like it looks like my tattoo here. <laughs> They're like, no, but but we did see a man with some bright blue sunglasses on his head. <laughs> and I, I'm just like, okay, all right. Nice. <laughs> No help at all. What's that have to do with my phone? But okay. Happy Sunday to you. Right. Um, so I go to Pastor Drew and I go, hey, my phone's gone. Hmm. And so me and Drew, like we're really into like uh, the show 24, you know, Mission Impossible stuff. So he was like super excited. I was kind of excited too. I was like, (laughs) so he's like, hey, uh, he opened up to find my iPhone app Hmm. on his phone. So I punched in my info Hmm. and he was like, you'll never believe this. Your phone's on the move. It's on the 101 South. (laughs) And I was like, like kind of like excited like I don't know there's a weird thing like I don't know if it's a guy thing but sometimes we want to catch someone breaking into our car oh really you're like oh I wish they would break like I wish it was happening right now so I could see so catch them in the middle I don't know like maybe because you feel like you can prevent it and also like be in control of the situation whatever it is but we saw the phone moving and I was like wow this is amazing so he calls his wife he's like hey gotta help you gotta help wally we got a mission here <laughs> and we're on the road we're chasing we're, oh, we're chasing the phone and we're just like mm-hmm. um so he's driving while i'm like navigating and um and i'm like oh oh oh, oh we got an issue oh, what is it it's like the the icon of my phone went from like the blinking blue mm. to black mm. 
that means it's been turned off. Oh, they got smart. They got smart, obviously. And so he looks at him and he's like, dude, do you see where it's at? And I go, I go, yeah. It's like, what is it? Sunset Boulevard and L. Ron Hubbard Drive. Oh, let me zoom in. Oh, Church of Scientology headquarters. What? Maybe they were on Sunset and they died on Sunset. It right. happened to be, but it looks like it's in their parking lot, actually. <laughs> so we, we, just, we just go to the spot. And now we arrived to this, to this Church of Scientology, you know, the big scary blue building on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> yes. um, and it's like, you know, the, the accuracy is pretty good mm. like, when they find my iPhone. It's like within like 10 or 20 feet, right? Oh, wow. Okay. So we drive and we're like, we're, in the parking lot surrounded by cars right. of Scientology and it's like okay your your phone should be right around here like so. Oh my gosh. so I've never heard this story Wally this is new well uh I, I I'm happy to share it although it is a little freaky <laughs> a little, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like I mean I only thought of it because I mentioned the Tom Cruise thing <laughs> you know like um we love stories so go for it yeah i mean plus it's so bizarre it's like okay so somebody was at bel air church right and now they've come to scientology right and they've turned off my phone but not until they got to scientology right and so now we're like looking through cars so we're like looking in windows of cars and i can and just see the press i can just see the press pastor of bel air press are you, you know like I know this is maybe live, but maybe later when you repost it, can you share photos on this? Of course. Okay, cool. So I'll, I have the most unbelievable photos of us at Scientology. I capture the moments, like I'm a storyteller. Of course. So totally. Um, the security, I mean, immediately they come up, they're all, they're very defensive because, right. you know, people realize they're insane. Right. <laughs> no, I, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that, but because I'm constantly defending them, I used to be like, when people would be like, those guys are crazy. And I'm like, why? Because they believe in aliens? I was like, right. we believe in angels. We're right. Crazy. We're crazy too. Exactly. We're all crazy. We believe okay. the, the Red Sea parted in the middle. Like, <laughs> we have to be a little insane to believe, right? So 100%. I always defended Scientology, mainly yeah. to protect Tom Cruise, okay? Because I'm a Tom Cruise <laughs> fan. But then I learned what a lot of people learned from that HBO documentary, mm. you know, Going Clear and the Leah Remini um, you know, series on any, and and you realize you go, okay, there's one thing to defend a faith, there's one thing to defend a science fiction writer who's created this like cult scam. Okay, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so the security guards like immediately ride up, like, hey, can we help? You know, yeah. on their bikes. And side note, if if you guys have not uh, heard Pastor Drew preach or been to Bel Air, he's he's worth checking out. But like, this is the first time I saw like the Jesus come out of Drew. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. how are we going to get out of this? And he right. was just like, hey, hey, uh, what's your name? I was oh. like, oh, my name is Brett. He's like, where are you from? He's like, Idaho. He goes, Idaho, wow. It's a long, it's a long journey from here. And like, immediately he like calmed him down. Oh. And the guy was just, yeah. like, a few minutes later, the guy's just like, uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. So, so Drew like went Jesus on him, calmed him down <laughs> while I'm still sneaking around, right. looking at cars. Jack um, Bowering yourself around. Totally. And, totally. And, you know, look, it's a podcast. We can get into some details here, but. Of course. There were some bizarre people in this Scientology parking lot. I mean, I'm talking like, I'm glad that my pastor was there because he's a witness to this. But I mean, like I'd approach somebody, you know, very polite, you know, excuse me, sir. Like they'd literally sprint, full sprint. <laughs> Drew's like, what's going on? I was like, I, I just said, excuse me, the guy, and he's, he's still running. Like, <laughs> I had someone in their car. I approached, excuse me. They rolled up their window, drove away, parked five spaces away, and then parked again. I was like, 
<laughs> people are very, very bizarre. So finally, we explained to the security guard, we're, we, you know, I, I think one of my friends grabbed my phone from right. church and, and, you know, I, I didn't say church, I said, I think they grabbed the phone. And, uh, and they said, well, there's a class going on here because it's getting late now. It's like right. 9.30, almost 10 o'clock. At night? At night, yeah, because oh, wow. this is oh, evening this, service. Okay, evening service at church, okay. And he said, yeah, there's only people here for, for a class and everyone else, it was starting to get empty. There's like two, three cars left. Yeah. And so, you know, Drew's like, do you guys have any literature I can get on Scientology? And he's like, oh, I guess I can let you guys in. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, is, is that technically lying, Drew? Or, <laughs> or I guess not, because you want literature. Okay, we're misleading him, but whatever. <laughs> I'll take it, let's go inside. So he's literally looking at L. Ron Hubbard books with the security guard while I'm like snooping around the hallways like, so finally, are we allowed to be telling this story well wait now they know you know i hope tom cruise hears about it though. <laughs> i've been waiting for him to call me <laughs> so so finally we're we're back outside and and drew he looks at a car and he goes i got it he's like well this is the one and i said how do you know because i didn't see the phone right he said look on the seat and i'll show you the picture this insert photo here on the seat was a pair of bright blue sunglasses what and I remember those little old ladies that I wrote off earlier. Totally. <laughs> I was like, bright blue sunglasses, you're right. How did I miss that, right? And, and he's like, that's going to be clue. So the security guard put a flashlight in there and we could see my phone on the floorboard. And I had the sticker, the Santa Cruz sticker on oh the Oh my back. gosh. And so, so Drew tells the security guard, look, this is his phone. Look, you see the thing. And so the guy's like, I can get a Slim Jim from the back, you know, pop the door. <laughs> And we're like, sure. You so could, helpful. You could so kind. Do a felony car break in for us if you want to grab my phone. Sure. So as he's about to do it, someone's walking out the door, and Drew looks at him, and he's this, you know, older, maybe like late fifties, hmm. kind of it looked like a nice little Hispanic guy, you know, kind of blue collar uh, kind of guy walking towards us. And yeah. Drew noticed. He goes, "That's him, Molly. That's him. That's him." <laughs> he was at service. Like he recognized him. And I'm like, oh, damn. I go, okay. And I'm like, my friend. I was like, oh, my hero. Thank you. Aww. And he's like, confused. Like, what? I right. go, thank right. you for grabbing my phone. I appreciate you so much. And kind of like either confront him or yeah. give him the out. Sure. You know, That's we really sweet. Yeah. And he was like, kind of caught off guard because he's looking like, why is Pastor Drew? What's <laughs> happening? And why do you know about your phone? Why are you about to open my car door? <laughs> and and so. He kind of played it off and he mm. was like, yes, yes, I, I was going to bring it tomorrow to Pastor Kim, you know? And so he dropped Pastor yeah. Kim's name. We're like, sure. oh, okay. And I, like I said, I like make people feel a little awkward. So yes. that was I like, um, so what are you doing here, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even security guard was like, wait, so you guys were at a different church earlier? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, buddy, what, what, what's, what's, why here? And, right. and he, got a little nervous and he was just like oh i just like the production equipment the good for filmmakers <laughs> and I, i'm like isn't there a production office in silver lake this is the headquarters for the testing and okay whatever we'll leave it there give me my phone back thank you and like i was like let's take a photo too because i want to photo the guy group photo so we took the picture we leave and you know the phone was like at 60 percent battery so he obviously shut it off the next day pastor kim and never heard of him or had a meeting with him never you know whatever okay. so it was clear right shenanigans something was going on right shenanigans. and and so i was like hey we're good detectives we got <laughs> the phone back and then somebody i can't remember who it was but they're like um hello they wanted you to go there and i was like 
wait, what? They're like, what do you think? They don't know about the Find My iPhone and why did he happen to turn, turn it, off? it off? So he's like, so good job. You took your senior pastor to Scientology. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> so it just was so bizarre because like six months later, yeah. we see the guy uh-huh. back on campus, but now he's dressed like he is a billionaire, like gold, big gold sunglasses. <laughs> only in LA sweater like you know like tied around shoulder. yeah LA. like you like it looks like he owns a yacht he just right. stepped off the yacht like sure. he looks classy he looks cool right pretending like he doesn't know like I I, I played along too sure like the, the, I don't know who he is the, right what he did and and he was like he had the phone all awkward like filming like secret and we were just like I was like but I was you know people were like that's so freaky and then again I was like wait a minute let's hold on if he's recruiting or he's you're infiltrating like isn't that what we do when we go minister <laughs> totally isn't that what you did when you went to uh, where'd you go to, in africa where'd, oh haiti oh you went yeah, to haiti yeah. yeah come on yeah of course we're going there for a reason you're doing a scientology you're like hey we're here to hell <laughs> i mean no jesus <laughs> so 100 percent. So, so in a way i was like if anything just be flattered yeah that, that they want you right you know i mean it's creepy that they took the phone and <laughs> stole my property to get me to go down there but Either way, I just felt like, hey, at the very least, he's in the church listening to Drew preach. Maybe right. the word of God will, will will get to him, you know? That's amazing. Yeah, so that's my Scientology story. Wow, yeah. you have so many stories. I'm like, okay, if anyone from Scientology is listening, just send Tom Cruise next time. Like, <laughs> I'll just show up. I'll take the meeting. Like, we'll, I'll bring Drew even. You know? <laughs> like, so we'll hear you out. Give us a pitch. <laughs> Give us a pitch. <laughs> yeah. So have you seen the movie? Which one? The new Tom Cruise, Top Gun. Oh, oh, like, come, come on. on. What? No, I know. I, I don't even watch movies that often. And like, I even know about this. I, no, of course. I mean, I know, but I'm so excited to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, wow. But but I will, like, uh, I'm just, you know. Like, You're takes, working. Uh, for real, like, yeah, it? I just want I just want to <laughs> be like, I just got back from Africa. So I'm just like getting back into my American mode, you know, like yeah. Top Gun. Yeah, no, but I'm excited. <laughs> like, you know, his movies are always like, he's just so good at what he does. Yeah. You know? I you just. Know? Uh, sometimes I think about that. I go, like, what if Tom Cruise like had an awake, you know, what if he came to Christ and hmm. you just because you, you know, you see it with Justin Bieber, right? You see right. it with Kanye, you see like yeah. people who were influential, like have these moments, and then you think about someone like Tom Cruise and you're like, you know, he's so embedded in this faith. But at the same time, you, you go, well, it's okay. Like there there was so many people in Jesus's time, like yeah, his own family that were like, nah, not yet, you know. <laughs> So, you know, and I always realized I go, it took me 36 years yeah. before finally, you know, I stopped long enough to pay attention and, and, you know, do something. So, so I hear that a lot from people like, Hey, we talked to my Muslim friend, you know, I've been yeah. talking to them about Jesus for like six months. I'm like six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just give it time. You know, I think everybody has a different, a different path there and a different time to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, Wally. Yeah. I love your stories. I can't wait to see what you're up to next. Yeah. Are you yeah. allowed to talk about it? Are you allowed to give us any little Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like info on for sure. Because you just went to Morocco, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was because you're like gonna do a movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're allowed after, to talk about it? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So after a long hiatus of of focusing on church and and avoiding anything kind of <laughs> scary or like you know big that yeah. can fail but I'm, but I'm glad I went because because this is gonna this is like the biggest movie in my career but hmm. it's been about 
it's been several years in the making so yeah. i'll just tell you this real quick it's it's god it's so cool it's so unbelievable it's a true story of the biggest uh bank robbery in the history of oh, the world yeah. okay okay so cool 92 million dollars in cash was stolen in london no big deal yeah and it's like you know it's like world news you can look it up um seven people you know like the movies you know fake police uniforms kidnap the bank manager you know and like literally cart out like <laughs> racks and racks of money into a giant truck till it's full Dang. i mean 92 million in cash is a lot of, a lot a lot of, of space dollars. yeah a lot of space um uh five of the people get caught right away to escape to morocco hmm. with 50 million dollars in cash they somehow get away okay okay the guy who masterminded the whole thing you know that came out in the news um happened to be a famous ufc fighter okay <laughs> a guy named lee murray <laughs> who like happens to look like a model also okay like, it's just like a badass with like a thick, right. you know british accent he, you know right. he's like a guy Ritchie movie character you know right right like that brad pitt in snatch you know yeah but like real like ufc fighter famous you know and pulls off the biggest bank robbery in the world and somehow escapes like a gangster cowboy rides off in the sunset in Morocco with 50 million. Wow. And because his father was Moroccan, he's considered Moroccan. So they won't extradite him. Wow. So it's kind of like, a, what the, that's amazing. Right. But he gets arrested in Morocco for cocaine and like other like issues. Cause, cause, cause Britain's like, please, you're embarrassing us. Arrest him for something. <laughs> right. you know? um, so he goes to jail. And so uh, when the story broke, it was like a uh, like sports illustrated article. It's called oh. breaking the bank. Okay. And like, everyone was like in a frenzy like you know you have a lot of entertainment people you know but yeah i've got him darren aronofsky a really mm. famous director who did black swan the wrestler and mm. requiem for a dream he, he also did noah the movie noah so anyway so he did a deal with time magazine sports illustrated to make this like his big action film his big like heat like kind of bank robbery oh wow movie yeah and uh, a lot of us were like oh dang i want to do that movie. you know it's like he got it but but what happened was he could make, I mean, nobody can make the movie because nobody could get to Lee, Lee Murray. Mm, okay. He's in a Moroccan prison cell. Right. <laughs> and everyone knew how he robbed the bank, but didn't know how he got away. Like the heart of the movie is like, sure. how the hell did you get away? Yeah, exactly. You can't even make that stuff up. Like you need to read. So I sort of made it a goal of mine to, mm. to get to him. And, okay. And it's like, this is what I love about our business. Again, it's like, right. there's no, you can't really buy this, you know, this kind of movie. You have to like, figure out how to get to him so it took mm. me about a little over six years wow and i mean trying everything you mm. know i had filmed the movie in morocco before mm. once before so i try to use former contacts you know legal contacts and believe it or not i woke up one day to a facebook notice like <laughs> lee murray accepted your friend request and i'm like is this a, is this a, is this a real lee murray I'm yeah like, i mean it's like it's like a movie but making a movie but it was you know he called his number at 6 p.m he wants to talk to you and it's like the bat phone like the secret prison phone and wow it's really him and right. it's like you know i'm like i know everyone's trying to get to this guy right it's like so long story short it's like i have to go to i have to meet you face to face wow because the studios you know everyone wants to do it but they're like how do we know we really have lee you know it's right. like well, well i have to go and i get i get that confirmation and and so it became a thing of how am I going to get into this prison? Mm. And, and, the, and oh that's great. I mean, I'm breaking into a prison and, and it's only family. So, I mean, you know, he's a mastermind criminal, you know, so right. he, he knows some things and he's like, Hey, what do you look like? And I go, what do I look like? I go, I look like, look like Jeff Goldblum with a beard. I don't know. Like, what do I look like? 
I said, I look like I could be Moroccan. I said, mm -hmm. well, I'm from Afghanistan originally. Right. He said, you do? He said, okay, well, you can maybe say you're my wife's husband, uh, my sister's husband. Mm -hmm. I said, what the hell is <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, of course, the most people- Why, are you like, supposed to be telling the story? Like, <laughs> hey, no, here this, we are, guys. <laughs> this was all just, hypo I mean, we were just hypothetically planning, you know? <laughs> so I, I finally, went to Morocco. First, I had to go to London, uh -huh. which is where he's born and raised, right. to meet his family and his old sort of, you know, kind of running crew. Yeah, his old crew, because <laughs> they had to sort of approve. Okay. You know, meet me, you know, right. this guy's real. He's, you know, he is who he says he is kind of thing. So I did that. And that was it's kind of nerve wracking, but it went really well. Yeah. And then I went to Morocco and then, you know, my God, the adventure is there. So I can't get into all those details. I can't get into all the details. Yeah, yeah, but I enjoyed a nice vacation for the for the record. <laughs> no laws were broken. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was neat to go for this, like just this unusual, really kind of bizarre, but like fantastic sort of goal. Yeah. Which just, just the goal itself is like, fun and interesting you know yeah um, but totally. then on top of that if like it leads to like the biggest movie of my i mean this it's it's a studio film it's it's yeah. like a big budget movie sure. which which i'll just happily just set up at a studio and probably bring in you know darren aronofsky again you know or, or someone at that level but um just knowing that like i had to go through that to get the rights and get hmm. the, uh, the clearance but but also traveling there morocco is a muslim country mm -hmm. um traveling there as a christian Right. For the first time, because I, you know, I've traveled a lot. I've been to thirty countries in my mm -hmm. life, but always as a Muslim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so this time, as a Christian, it, it, you know, I did the research. You can technically go to jail for fifteen years if you're an apostate, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you abandon your your faith or religion. You know, so I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I don't deal with this one. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, so this is why Peter denied Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say there was a lot of roosters crowing. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know, I know. <laughs> like, it, it was a, a really, really good reminder of uh, a how lucky we are yeah. in this country, right? And just really how easy it is to have your faith. And don't get me wrong; I'm aware that a lot of Christians feel like they're being persecuted mm -hmm. in America, and that may be true on some level. But it, it just kind of makes you understand how manageable that is yeah when you go to a different country you know so, totally yeah and i mean and morocco is like like the most like lenient of the muslim countries you know like yeah. like they have some you know some churches there um they're very open-minded but even then if it just didn't feel comfortable in some situations mm. you know especially in like the prison settings and meeting guards and police people you're just like you know they ask you are you muslim yeah right and okay confession my answer <laughs> most of the time mm was I'm a Hajj. Right. I'm a Hajj. I went to Mecca. I did my pilgrimage. That's the title you get, Hajj. Right. So God's like, oh great. So now you're playing games with like <laughs> so you didn't technically lie, but you didn't tell them the truth. You know, it's like, so they just when I say I'm a Hajj, they assume I'm a Muslim, but sure. I'm not lying because I am. Right. But you know, that's like if someone goes to seminary and they graduate, become a pastor, but then five years later they they denounce the religion and leave Christianity. Right. And you ask them, hey, are you Christian? They go, uh, I graduated from seminary. Right, 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 right. And you right. go, oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really what I was doing. I was yeah. kind of like giving them a real answer, but not, but letting them 
like believe something that wasn't true. And I, and I admit it, you know, it's like, it was tough. There was a few occasions where I, I did admit that I was Christian, mm. but for the most part, yeah, I'm guilty of, you know, at least I didn't outright deny Jesus. Like, like Peter, I just didn't bring him up. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> Which, yeah. No, no, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's the God honest truth. At the same time, there was these moments where, and you know, like, I feel like this is the greatest compliment or this is sort of what we should strive to do is I was lucky enough to, to a couple of times I, you know, met this fella, he was from Senegal, mm. name was Rick, mm. <laughs> I was like very Senegalese name, Rick, <laughs> my, my exotic friend, Rick, <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> but he didn't speak any English, I didn't speak yeah. any French, you know, they speak French over there, and, and, um, but after like meeting me three times, he, he, he reached to shake my hand, and, mm. and I look, and he'd given me this bracelet, mm. this wooden bracelet with a cross on it, mm. and I was like, <laughs> Oh, what is this was, right. well, it's sweet now but at first i was like is this, right like, are you telling me like i know oh uh, <laughs> right that's true. yeah you're like it's sweet now Lindsay, yeah. you're telling the story like in the well, moment you're well, like, but it really was sweet because, right because it's i was sweet. like i was like how, how did you know like mm-hmm. we never talked about it and he mm-hmm. was just like i know and i was like wow that's nice wow. and i wasn't wearing any crosses or right. anything, you know? <laughs> so th- i mean that was just nice to know that like somehow you know my faith in christ did that you know was was clear you know and, yeah and that was that was a nice little reminder. Powerful. Thank you, Rick. So powerful, Rick. Rick, click the French subtitles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're only right here. Sorry. Yeah, that's, right. that's so amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Molly. I'm so honored to have you. Oh, okay. Thanks. So I have to ask you this before yeah, we get off. So, fine. okay, you guys know we're still talking about the inner critic. And so Wally and I were chatting a little bit about the inner critic, and he told me he's the only human that doesn't have an inner critic. <laughs> Well, I just agreed with you when you said, wait, you, or you might be the only human. With I'm it. just kidding. I'm no, totally kidding. But I kind of wasn't. I was like, so, okay. So I know a lot, but most people can very quickly relate to the inner critic and say, yes, you know, I've heard that. I admit I'm, I'm one of those people who goes, no, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not in the habit of beating myself up. Right. Or, right. You know, wanting to hear about how bad I am or, not, you know, not good enough you know like sure i think it's a very common christian sort of sort of relatable uh you know experience for a lot of christians of yes you know i i doubt myself so i i think i don't know my ego my my sort of male insecurity like didn't ever want to hear that voice so i never even allowed that voice to talk you know i'm just kind of like no i'm i'm usually overhyping myself in my head you know like <laughs> Um, but, uh, knowing that I don't have that inner critic voice mm. doesn't mean that I'm also not like a victim to that mm-hmm. because sometimes I think there's another group of us that doesn't have that inner critic, but okay. it's like, we ignore, right. We don't allow the inner critic to even speak up because if there's no criticism, then there's, there's nothing to feel bad about. Mm. You know, so it's like, I personally found myself, I mean, I, I was in a state of depression, mm. you know, there's a lot of different reasons, but, you know, mainly due to like a divorce and mm. also like not, I mean, I haven't talked to my family since I became Christian, mm. you know, like wow. very awesome, amazing, just loving parents and, mm. and siblings. I mean, who are really good people, but just, it's been this like six year gap and, 
and I, you know, I don't know how to close it. I've been trying, you know, but so, you know, things like that for someone like me, someone who's like an extrovert, yeah. who's like, you know, who's energized by people and yeah. wants to do, you know, I enjoy crazy stories. So I like to put yeah. myself in the middle of crazy stories. I found myself just not doing anything mm. that could be considered like exciting or goal-driven or like challenging um, because I, I can't fail if I'm not, if I'm not, you know, trying something pretty big, you know, like the Morocco thing, man, I, I should have done that four years ago. You wow. Know? Okay. But I always, you know, I'm going to focus on church. Yeah. I'm going to focus on Jesus right now. And, and sounds good. Yeah. But I think even God knows we're like, okay, like, are you just sort of avoiding things and hanging out with me and like, or using me as an excuse? Cause you could be doing, you could have me in your life while you're doing things yeah. by the way, <laughs> you know, you don't only have to be with me on Sundays here and, you know, right. so the, you uh-huh. know, so, so my inner critic was almost silenced. Mm. And sometimes I think the inner critic is right. Mm. Mm. You know, like, a, like, you know, I mean, you know, if I let the inner critic speak, I think I would have heard things like, man, you, you are just so afraid of doing mm. this stuff. Like, mm. man, what happened to you? You're a coward. Like, why, why are you like, how could you be this lazy? How could you mm. procrastinate like this? You, you you keep telling the story and people think it's amazing, but then you don't do anything about it. Like wow. what kind of person are you, you know? So yeah. I don't want to hear that, but I didn't need to hear it. Right. Right. So I think the critic could be an honest critic. You know, sometimes it's mm, a mean critic. Yeah. So, so I felt like I just didn't even have a critic. I didn't want a critic, mm. but I needed one. And so I, I'm glad I got out of that and finally just went. That's amazing. Did it, yeah. I love that. I mean, I love that you kind of see it that way because yeah, I was the person that was always like, my critic says you sweat too much. (laughs) You're like, that's not the critic. That's just a fact. Live from Lindsay's sauna. (laughs) Tune in. Uh, I've dropped eight pounds since the podcast started. Who needs hot yoga? Just come to Lindsay's. Like be on the podcast. You'll be skinny in no time. We're actually sitting on a kiddie pool. (laughs) <laughs> the kitty pool underneath me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so funny. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's super interesting the way you describe like how the inner critic was trying to hold you back, like almost with this spirit of like depression. I mean, not that it's a spirit, but almost like kind of, you know, just trying to hold you back from this cool thing that, you know, yeah. you're about to do. And, and again, it doesn't always operate the same way in everybody, you know, I mean, it sounds like it operates different for you and I, but but I, I almost wonder if like that, that voice, it's like, what are you doing? What are you afraid of? Like, if that would have been almost like the inner encourager, you know, trying to be like, Holly, like, let's go do something fun. Like, let's go, you know, and, and not the mean, not the, not the mean voice. It's like, you're lazy, you know, mm-hmm. to me, like, you're lazy, you're this, you're that, like, that's kind of the mean voice. And yeah. like, like, you know, when you can turn the inner critic into the inner encourager, it's more of like, let's go do this. This is going to be fun. You know what I mean? So, well, I did hear that, but it wasn't my voice. There was enough people. This is, you know, why I think it's important to, 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 to strive to have good people like in your life and, and, you know, not necessarily just Christian, but people who are God centered usually have, you know, believe in in something bigger than themselves, you know? And, and, but I heard, I would share like, say I give someone the background of the Morocco story of, yeah, of the movie so cool. you know you I told enough people to where they'd be like 
so why aren't you in a plane then? Like, that's right. crazy. That's amazing. Like, and, you know, suddenly you go, okay, well, you know, I, I can't really keep making excuses because mm. people I love and respect are telling me like, hey, if I was in your shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And so the, the, like, I feel like that's, that's, uh, you know, just a, has to be a common theme in the rest, you know, for your whole life. Like, yeah. if, if people are not telling you like, hey, you should be doing this, or you should be doing that, you know, like, yeah. Okay. Cause I want those people, mm. like when I see those memes, you know, like <laughs> which meme? if they don't love you at your worst and they can't, they don't deserve <laughs> you at your best, you know, you're like, okay, first of all, <laughs> um, no, they don't need to love me at my worst. Okay. People, you know, like, we're like, if your friends don't love you for who you are, then you need your friends. And I'm just like, meaning I'm perfect. Like, I don't need to change. I don't need mm. encouragement. Mm. Like, like, like we should just stay how we are because no, it's like, I feel like there there's this sort of uh you know there's too much self-love sometimes mm. <laughs> you know just um if if people don't you know if you don't change who you are then how do you improve something you yeah, know how do you get better at something so yeah. so i like when when people can be honest with you you know and, yeah. and say hey you know like like i love how honest you you are about your your people don't know but like we talked for like three and a half hours before we hit record i was like you weren't recording this whole time i was like i had so many gems in that house like, i was like hey. i'd be editing for so long oh, I don't geez, I was, that's why i was like man it's charming for three and a half hours i was like <laughs> but um but just like i love the way you shared you shared so much about your faith but in a way that was like kind of vulnerable and honest because okay typically if i listen to someone talk about like the gift of tongues right. or the gift of prophecy or the fruits of the spirit you know right. that i usually go okay let me let me <laughs> let me get ready for this let me, here we go you know um of course i'm a christian so very right. open-minded accept right. it and um you know it's hard sometimes you know it's like it's like <laughs> Okay, tell me about how God cares about your apartment in West Hollywood. You know, it's like, okay, yes, I'm sure God was thinking about your independent movie, you know. <laughs> but I like how you just were so like sincere and honest about like you were surrounded by this kind of you know world of Bethel and and but also surrounded by like this Baptist sort of Christianity and and you sometimes you said the most powerful thing, like which is I don't know right i don't know right right i just feel like christians don't say that enough mm. because i think if we did we might get a little more credibility of like with certain people mm. because when we have the perfect answer for right. every question and it's it's like gee, at some point like at some point can you say i don't know i mean even jesus says even the son of man don't know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> certain things you know right. only the father knows not even the angels know but you right. know right. you know <laughs> But, oh, but you know, okay. So, you know, so I, I feel like I, it just earns a lot of credibility with me when a pastor, especially, or mm -hmm. someone who is a learned Christian or many, many years Christian says, right. you know, I really never understood that. Mm. It's hard for me to try to make sense of it. Mm. Mm. But, but I, I, I trust in God and I, you know, so, I mean, you go, okay, how can you argue with that? Right, right. Instead of like, well, let me tell you why there was so much killing in the Old Testament. Here's what you don't understand. Okay? Right. Like, okay, we'll just okay. chill. Oh, okay, it's a very clear explanation. You, you just justified a lot of killing, like right. without even, you know, like thinking how, how does that sound to someone who is thinking about our faith or like, right. like has questions about, you know, 
you know, because most of the problems people have with Christianity are things they've heard. Sure from other people about christianity you know it's like well there's so much murder and slavery and you know yeah and you go okay like like recognize that this is what they've heard and this is what they're focused on and if you just go well it was different times back then and like the (laughs) slaves were like it was really just like having a job and you know you're just like "Ah, it's slavery okay it's like it's more a little more complex than that right of course and 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 so yeah so i like that about you. you i feel like you you share your experience uh, and your faith in a way that like makes people go, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little unsure about this too, you know? Yeah. And like, okay, cool. So you could be a diehard Christian and like also say, oh, I don't know that part. I didn't read that part in a while. You're like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You're That's like, awesome. I need to read Samson again. <laughs> the way you explained Samson, I was like, well, well actually. Yeah. Yeah, say, I'm not going to be dressing up as Samson anytime soon for Halloween. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that's amazing yeah. Aww. Uh, yeah. <laughs> i know you guys should have been with us the whole three hours it was like we got into some deep stuff for sure it was sure. really good that's going to be like the subscriber only material <laughs> content you sign up you can get the exclusive um it was a lot hotter we were sweating a lot more it was so much more dramatic <laughs> amazing i wasn't laughing so much then i don't it must be the joy yeah we were talking about joy yes the playfulness (laughs) the playfulness of god she looked to talk about until i made her read deuteronomy (laughs) no (laughs) i've read deuteronomy i know i know i know know. it's not very playful there okay (laughs) not very uh joyous (laughs) what's going on here but that's that's the complexity of god and that's why i think uh god's fully aware that like hey i want you to have a relationship with me but don't think you'll totally understand me yeah exactly because we are not god believe it or not i mean i mean you look at all the prophets the stories in the uh, in the bible the the prophets the ones who talk directly to him i mean still talk to him like like you're so amazing you know yeah, and so sometimes yeah. we just be like oh god yeah he's my buddy he's like the right. most like you know <laughs> deep you know we, we go on walks together like, now i do it going on walks with god totally i know but, but it's just like let him walk first you know like of course. Walk, of walk behind him you know <laughs> show some respect <laughs> you know, you know um, i gotcha yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like that a little bit of the old school i mean you know that <laughs> he walks a little bit ahead there were some nice things about being a muslim yeah of course that, of course that, muslim people are so Sweet. Well, there's a level of like devotion. There's yeah. a level of like discipline, a, yeah. a, a level of commitment that you know. I don't think God would have a problem with if we, if we, you know, yeah, learn from that. Yeah, absolutely, you know, yeah. and family, and yeah. oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. just Beautiful. just kind of commitment to like a, a daily, multiple times a day, stopping everything you're doing to just say, God, I praise you, and only you. You know what I mean? That's so it's, powerful. Yeah. Like that's so powerful yeah it, it, it really is and, and i think you know it's nice that we have the flexibility as christians to worship how we want to worship right but there is you know like uh, like i said you could always learn something of course from you know from from other uh faiths you know and, and so you know, who can look at gandhi and be like well he was way off you know? <laughs> it's like you can't find nothing good right you know right. <laughs> you can't right. find nothing good you know you can look at these different faiths so so yeah the the former muslim in me is like you watch how you talk about you know 
He's not your homeboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, you, know, you can walk with him. You're not going to be like him. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think, and I know we talked about this, but I think sometimes that comes from fear. People have like fear of like being wrong or like getting influenced or whatnot. And it's mm-hmm. like, they can't be just open to like, yeah, yeah. like talking, like you said, like listening, talking, you know, like, and kind of discerning like, okay, like what do I believe based on what this person's talking about and being okay to kind of like, like we were talking about how we can unite around family and still like believe different things you know and so um yeah absolutely I mean I I think that's true even with the history of the church you know like you know even Paul and Peter sort of button heads and Mm -hmm. you know having different ideas and views on how to how to preach the same exact thing you know it's like um yeah so those differences yeah yeah we're I mean we're just so lucky we're so blessed we get get to be any kind of Christian we want (laughs) You get the church hop and go to different time. I mean, we're just so lucky. We're just so yeah, blessed. I it's, know. It's a really good time to be a Christian. It's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, despite all, the, you know, I know a lot of people feel like it's an attack on our faith right now, but I think there's been an attack on our faith always. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. Just like I think every generation from the first century church to now has always believed two things mm. that they're being persecuted hmm. and that the world is probably going to end during their lifetime <laughs> that's right true it's like all the signs are there it's all, <laughs> all the signs were there for paul paul thought jesus was coming back while he was exactly alive, you know? exactly and i mean all throughout history i mean it's it's kind of the beauty of the book of revelation it's kind of the beauty of the bible it's like it, it applies to all time, yeah right? yeah it applies to every <laughs> point of human history you know yeah like, so i found a sermon bob dylan did during a concert and he was like talking about you know the invasion of, of Russia into Afghanistan that's mm. in the revelation that's a revelation that's coming right now and I was like hey Bob Dylan was convinced it's coming to an end <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know so like you know we have that now we're totally convinced but you know either way yeah. it's good to be prepared exactly <laughs> we know where we're going so just remember what Jesus said our father you know how to pray and all that stuff and you know to just to believe that he went to that cross mm-hmm. for a purpose. And that purpose was for our sins to be covered with his blood. Yeah. Which is sort of the hardest concept to grasp as a, as a, as a former Muslim. Like okay. That was the, how, how, how am I going to, A, be born with sin because of something someone else did. Right. And then be allowed to go to heaven and forgiven for something that someone else did. <laughs> what do I get to do? This is like, <laughs> goes against every logical thing that we're ever taught as a child, you know, right, right. and as an adult, like if you do something, you pay the price, you know, right, right, right. reaction is a consequence, you know? Yeah. So it's like, but logic uh, is not required. Faith is required. Exactly. You know? And so I think that's, that's the, just, that's the, like, how ludicrous the concept of God is hmm. that you have to sort of be outside, you know, the bounds of like common sense to even believe in something that exists in itself. Hmm. That doesn't make sense. Right. Right. But okay. God doesn't make sense. Right. Forgiveness and grace makes no sense at all. There's no other world religion. There's no other faith. There's no other school of thought that says forgiveness is totally possible. 
I mean, even mm. I mean, look at Buddhism, look at look at Hinduism, look at every Eastern sort of faith mm. where, where where you have a monk or you know they believe karma is like yeah is absolute. It's totally accurate whether you believe in the multiple lives or you believe in it happening this life, but you can't escape it. You do right. something, you're gonna see you see the result of it. So I'm right. just like when you think about it, that is like the harshest mm. view of life is that you, you, you have no room yeah for a mistake. Right. You will pay the price. Right. So all of a sudden this Jesus says, no, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll give you we'll give you something even though you didn't deserve it. And yeah. you're just like, oh, that breaks all the rules. <laughs> but that's the only way that you will then want to give it to somebody. Yeah, right, right. I mean, really, like, I do give this example, like when I when I talk to churches and stuff, and I talk about that, that you know, because every Muslim or everybody who's like, a, like in a faith, they come to a point where you go, okay, I've reached this point where I've heard all the arguments for Christianity. I've yeah. heard all the arguments for Islam. I've they all make sense in their own way. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can you can make sense of both religions very, very strongly. Yeah. But you come to a point where you're at the cliff, mm -hmm. the edge of the cliff, mm -hmm. and you go, okay, I have to jump. At some point, I have to take a leap of faith. Yeah. For either religion. Yeah. If I go with Islam, I have to take a leap of faith. If I go with Christianity, I have to take a leap of faith. So I'm like, which one do I do? And it's like, well, this one, you leap with Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're just kind of like, well, if I'm going to leap... <laughs> I like you know not a bad person to leap with you know exactly. but 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 the other example I give is like and this is really the only thing I could think of that's the closest uh real life example because when I do compare mm -hmm. and it's hard not to but you know, some people go you shouldn't but what are you gonna do that's life I compare like the best Muslim to the best Christian mm. like like why compare the the problematic stuff why compare sure. the things that are like obviously incorrect or you know misleading so it's like let's just look at the best version of right. both which we can safely say are good like sure the world would revolve the world would go well if everyone adhered to those religions okay sure. so um the example is like two kids who both want to go to let's say harvard mm. that's like their dream they, they want to go one of them super wealthy mm. um uh, no, no, sorry, sorry, not wealthy. Mm. They're both broke. Okay. They're both broke. Both broke. They both cannot get in. I mean, going to Harvard is it's a dream, you know. Right. So one of them has to apply. You know, like they're both qualified to get in, but they sure. can't afford it. So he has to work two jobs, also take classes, can't afford to do anything fun, right? So he's like sleeping on the couch and then just works his way through, but gets like amazing grades and graduates his way you know mm -hmm. i mean he worked hard right the other person got one of those like anonymous donor scholarships mm. the person didn't want to know i mean it happens it's real yeah. life it happens. Yeah. yeah your school is paid for yeah and they go so they both take the same classes both graduate same grades everything right now they graduate mm. and you go okay they're both top of their field whatever it is right yeah what's the difference between them i mean technically they're both graduated they're both right. honors they're both achieved right mm. My guess is the, the 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 one who worked their way through college is probably going to be like to their kid, you know, like, mm. hey, you, I'm not giving you nothing. You got to work your way. <laughs> right. Ask me for nothing. Like, I right. I made it on my own. And, yeah, and you know, you can make it too. 
and they're going to have this sort of like mentality that people should earn whatever they're trying to achieve. Hmm. The other person, I'm willing to bet and guarantee they're going to start a scholarship fund. Right. And they're right. going to give away money yeah. to someone because they got a scholarship. Yeah. They got a free gift. Right. And they're probably going to start a foundation or something like that. And just their hmm. whatever they do is going to be rooted in this someone did this for me and yeah. I want to do it for you. So again, nothing wrong with either. Right. They're both going to be great at their field, but this one's going to be like Mm. Don't ask me for no car keys when you're yeah. 16, you know? <laughs> right. Take the bus. <laughs> um, so I that's how I see like that's the difference. Like Islam, yes, you can do it. Makes sense. God will be happy with you if you follow the rules and you do all the right things and worship him. Mm. But you're probably gonna be wanting to give back and do a lot more, you know, commission work and ministry right. and helping people, right. and, you know, because someone did it for you. So I feel like, okay, even if I'm not sure, I like that, you mm. know. I'll take that plunge with Jesus. And I like the idea that I got a really special gift. It makes me want to give, kind of give back more. Wow. Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's a great, like, analogy. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's, if I fail to to beat them over the head with scripture, you know, and make them just sort of cave in. Right. <laughs> so you accept them or not? Are you, are you with Jesus? No? Okay, well, then think about it this way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just plant the seeds like Justin did, right? No, that's, that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's really all you can do. That's amazing because God is real and he knows how to get to his people. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're like, you know, God, this is on you too, Lord. Um, it's like, totally on yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we tried, okay? Yeah, exactly. Like, I planted my seeds, God. Like, yeah. you go take it. Wow, Wally, this has been such a treat. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Like, the whole so evening. Sorry, you guys only yeah. got to be at the last hour, but... Yeah. It's so powerful. So I love to ask my guests to pray for mm -hmm. our listeners. Would you yes. be open for that? Of course, yes. Aww. I would be honored to. Okay, thanks. Um, our Heavenly Father, the creator of the world, um, the God of all the prophets, um, I, pray, uh, I pray that you accept our gratitude and that you stay in the center of our focus in our lives, no matter what we're doing, all of us are scattered in so many different directions. Um, but there's this common thread, uh, which is you um, and your holy, divine, um, you know, blessing of the Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, has 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 touched so many of us, and we pray that we can somehow um, lift him up and show the spirit of Christ through our work and through what we do to others. Um, may, uh, may you bless those that you have blessed, continue blessing them, and may you help those who don't know you yet to get to know you better. And we pray this in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you, Wally. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, and God, one more thing. Um, one more thing. Can you help Lindsay with the really nice air conditioning? <laughs> Maybe so she could find an Amazon deal for an air conditioner and microphones <laughs> with free shipping. Amen. <laughs> it's 
called the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's holy, all right, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, it's, we love you. It's like the fire of Holy Spirit for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, love you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Well, 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 wasn't that interesting? We can't wait until next week. Don't forget to grab Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass at lindsaymorgan.co and use the promo code LOVE to get 50% off. This was recorded at New Vine Music in Santa Monica, California. We would like to thank Leonardo Antonori for producing this track. To learn more about them, or to license original music for your next project, go to newvinemusic.com.